did you uh are you a coffee drinker are you a breakfast person so yes and no and yes and no um i <laughs> i do intermittent i used to do intermittent fasting a lot more lately though i haven't been because i've been doing podcasts and live shows early in the morning i'm like i need a little something like so mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. yeah i've become more of a coffee drinker on top of that You are now listening to The Living Numbers and Tony Rambles. Tony Rambles. Tony Rambles. 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 And The Living Numbers Podcast. (laughs) This is The Living Numbers Podcast. and I am your host, Tony Rambles. Uh, Thank you all for watching Thank you all for listening, no matter where it may be, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Breaker, wherever it is. Thank you for making the Living Numbers podcast a part of your day. And as you all can see or hear, I have a wonderful, esteemed guest on today. And I cannot wait to introduce you all to Dr. Z, as she is affectionately known as on some other places, but you know, we got to do the housekeeping. Make sure you guys like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Okay. If you're listening on any of the various platforms, make sure you rate and review, make sure you share. Uh, You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. You can email the show one Tony Rambles at gmail.com. And you can also like the Facebook page. The Living Numbers Podcast, you church it up, it'll it'll pop up for you. So I usually send my notes, and I think I say this before I introduce every guest. And what I don't send is the introduction. So me and Dr. Z have been talking for, I don't know, about 10 minutes or so. And there's so much that I didn't know. I'm like, man, I wish I could have knew the stuff to put into my introduction, but it's all good. So I'm going to introduce Dr. Z, and you'll be able to see her reaction. Here we go. Hailing from Jacksonville, Florida, this serial student is a third-generation educator. Although she earned her Bachelor's of Arts from Florida A&M University and Master's of Education from Columbia University, she obtained her doctorate from Fordham University in religion with concentrations in research focuses on social justice issues, sociology, and community development. Wow, that was a lot to say. She has so much education. I think there's a degree that I missed. (laughs) So correct me if I'm wrong. This master researcher (laughs) has worked on campaign trails and as a professor at her alma mater, Florida A&M. Author, filmmaker, surrogate career counselor and social justice champion who always keeps it real, Dr. Zakia Akarele. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I might have to have you write some of my intros for other things. <laughs> hey, I can do it. I, and I it, it just kind of, so, yeah. uh, and I'm sure you've probably picked the brains of other uh, great people and great things that you watch and see and hear. And so I listened to this podcast called The Low Post. 
Yeah. It's a sports podcast, but it's it's amazing. It's one of the best ones out there. But whenever he has a guest on, he like gives this this intro, and I'm like, man, that's so cool for people to kind of get an introduction to who this person is before they even before the episode even starts. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, I guess if I could do enough research and pull enough cool things from their social media, whatever podcast they've been on. I think I could put something cool together. So I started doing that. And it's like one of my favorite things to do. Nice, nice. <laughs> Did I miss anything in there? I know I missed one master's because you got four. That's okay, no. It, it, yeah, it was a master's, but it was fine. <laughs> it was also another master's in the same um, area that I got my PhD from, from Fordham. Mm. Yeah, so it's easy to miss. <laughs> I, I, I was listening to you on uh, on another podcast and I think it was like called being black or something to that nature. It was really good. The oh, guy did a really good interview. Still yeah, yeah, black. yeah. Yeah, he did a great job and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, you, you use this term surrogate career counselor. And I was like, man, so many of us could use somebody like that. Like, yeah, like I teach this, but Trust me, let me talk to you about some other stuff. So please, uh, I'll introduce our first number here and then I'll let you roll. So first number is three hours. Okay. Because I read this article and this guy was a son of a teacher. Mm -hmm. And he said he usually got to school an hour before everybody. Mm -hmm. And they left two hours after everybody because his his mom worked at at the school that he went to. Mm -hmm. So Talk about your experience uh, kind of from from that early age of being exposed to education and with your your mother and then I believe is your grandmother were both educators. So take it away, Doc, Doc Z. Yeah, so uh, my grandmother was an elementary school teacher. Um, I recall being in elementary school probably at the same time she was teaching. Um, and, and being with her at her home, grading papers, looking over stuff, you know, as if I was like, you know, her assistant teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother actually er, uh, owned an early learning development center for many years. And when you talk about those hours, <laughs> three hours is not even, I remember being before the sun rose, I was at the daycare center with her opening the doors and I was mm-hmm. being young myself, you know, that wasn't the best the most fun um, <laughs> and having to be there after the last child was picked up, um, having to be there, you know, even sometimes parents were so late, especially my mom's learning um, center being in the community. So mm-hmm. when parents had to work multiple jobs, sometimes they'd be like, can you take our kid home with you all? And what? I, oh yes, <laughs> a few times. And, you know, it was more like a family. It was like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I know you're running late. Then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have them spit, you know, till you get off. <laughs> so literally that was her life from sunup to sundown. And I was a part of that as well. Actually the first um, uh, name of the learning center was named after me. Um, and then she ended up subsequently changing the name to something else. But yeah, so everybody, even when I went to school, they'd be like, I know that name. I used to see it off that learning center. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's my mom's place. Yeah. <laughs> So you basically had like this extended family of, of oh, kids that you were always around. And it's so interesting now because I was older than them. Um, they were 
preschoolers and, you know, and I was always older than them, even though I might have been in elementary or middle school at the mm -hmm. time myself. So it was kind of like I was a big sister. And it's interesting now because I'm still in touch with them and like to see them uh, be adults with their own children. And I'm like, you were in pajamas at, you yeah. know, my place after your mom could pick you up or, you know, what have you. And I'm like, wow, time really does fly. But yeah, it's been in my blood forever to, to be a part of education in some kind of way. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like so much fun. I'm a high school teacher myself. So okay. um, I, I don't get, I don't get to school an hour early, okay. but I definitely <laughs> as, as a, a coach mm -hmm. and a, a sponsor of, of clubs and just kind of somebody who enjoys the place that I work at. So okay. like, I don't mind spending the extra time, even though sometimes I am obligated, mm -hmm. but I mean, my wife will tell anybody like there are days, especially uh, with sports where I have to drive the bus. Okay. So I may be gone 45 minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. And so Darren back, that's an hour and a half. So that doesn't even include the game. That right. doesn't even include getting there early, you know, to get warmed up and all of that stuff. So there are some, some really late nights at times, but I tell people like, I love, I love it all. I love it yeah. all because yeah. when you find what you want to do, mm -hmm. it really makes a difference in your attitude and your feeling yes. about the work. So exactly. at this time, mm -hmm. I want to talk about just education as a whole. Mm -hmm. So this is going to kind of move us into our next number. Mm -hmm. And 52% of K through 12 teachers mm -hmm. are reportedly feeling burnt out. Okay. So I know education is huge for you as far as your research and the things that you've studied and taught. If you had unilateral power, mm -hmm. no one could say no. Mm -hmm. No one could take your budget away. You could do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. What would you do to change education? So you could start from K through 12. You could go... Uh, university, you can have a whole new plan if you want to. What would you do to change education? Oh, goodness. Unilateral power. Ah. Oh. Well, one of the things education begins to meet, I, I believe, in the womb, right? But even more so <laughs> directly after birth, right? We all start learning. So one of the first things I would do, especially in America, is give mothers at least two years off of maternity leave. I say two. People say, oh, six months, a year. That's cute. That's fine. I would say two years. The reason why is because I myself, I am a homeschool mom. I'm mm -hmm. a proponent for homeschool. Uh, but even those that don't feel that they can be homeschoolers, because I understand people are like, I can't, I can't teach my kids in, in, in <laughs> professionals. I get that. Seriously, I get that. But at least when they're newly arrived to have mm -hmm. as much time as possible to bond for you yourself as a mother to heal, grow, get used to having the new, uh, a new addition to the family. Mm -hmm. um, at minimum, I would say a year, but I, if I had unilateral power, I would say two years because um, one of the things, even when I was a professor, I would sometimes have young parents in my, in my class and they would have to send their children off. And I said, listen, if you can't bring them to class, if you can't send them to daycare, if you can't, and I would have mothers and I would even have had fathers who had issues with childcare. So 
I know that that school, I can only imagine when they're in their career and might need to make mm. some So I'm a big proponent of extended maternity and even paternity leave um, so that there's more bonding time. So to me, that's a part of education. Um, even in higher education, first thing, the student loans out the door. <laughs> I do not yes. want to get them out of here. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think those are two things. I know they're on the opposite ends, birth to adulthood, but those are two main things. I don't want people to end up in debt. That's one of the things that is something that I'm on a mission um, mm-hmm. to get people to stop taking out student loans. And if they have already done so, how do they pay them back? So those are two main key things. But that, I mean, you're talking about the beginning of education mm-hmm. as a as an infant, mm-hmm. but also you're taking care of the parent because I know personally right now, my son turns one in like a week. Oh. So this first year, mm-hmm. I mean, especially, especially like the first like two or three months is a major transition, yes. no matter how great you are with your spouse, no matter how lockstep, because I feel like we, I, our relationship is really good. Our marriage has been great all nine years of it. And it was a huge transition for us. And it was the summertime. So I'm at home and she's at home. So we're able to be there and still, I mean, it, it it's a, yeah. a huge learning curve. And so- it is. Once the summer ends and I go back to work mm-hmm. and my wife is somebody who always feels like she needs to carry her weight. Like she doesn't want to ever feel like she's just being dragged along. Like she always like, like, I got to have some purpose. Like I got to be, I got, yeah. and I, I love that strong will about her, but I know, mm-hmm. I know because I could have used some extra time off to be mm-hmm. able to be with our son and to, kind of figure our home out because yeah. you know this too yeah one in two months is different than like month five yeah. six and then that's different from month <laughs> 11 and 12 yes definitely I know my my youngest is 19 almost 20 months now and literally last week she was a different human being <laughs> and now she's having these hollering fits that I didn't even experience with my first son (laughs) so it's literally week from week you see differences in them as they grow but especially when they're infants the transitions are so frequent yeah (laughs) you just see one step and then the next step you're like oh like dang like he he's smiling at us and then like oh he's yelling at us and then it's like oh he's swinging on us now like what is (laughs) what is happening yeah. So you talked you talked about the, the, the transition at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then you also talked about the transition at the end, which is what kind of got me into education is you graduate high school and it's like, all right, now what? You know, do I go to college? Do I not go to college? And for me, in our home, college wasn't like a big emphasis. It's like you could you should go to college. Great job go to college if, if you can. But if not, we got this job over here for you. And my dad works right. in, in construction safety. My stepmom did the same thing. Uh, good money. Uh, mm-hmm. But if it's not what you want to do, and this is for anything, eventually you get to a place where you go, ah, okay, maybe I need to go to college. I think that's just kind of how we're programmed over here. It's like, right. if I don't want to do this, maybe going to college will help me to get further along in life. 
And so from there, I want to pivot into your documentary. And Mm -hmm. so I call you a filmmaker because you are. And I watched it last night and it was like a lot of those same questions was like the same things that I was going through in my own mind where you're like, okay, like, do I take this student loan out? Well, if I don't take it out, am I like, I can't go to college if I don't take this now, what, where do I go? So now talk about your, your documentary. And then I also want you to talk about like the filmmaking process. Cause I'm really interested in that as well. Yeah, so my documentary was Degrees of Separation, and it was named after uh, an awareness campaign that I created right after, not, not say right after, I think about two years or so after I finished my doctorate. Um, mm. I was going through these ebbs and flows in my career yes. where I didn't get hired right after um, I finished my doctorate in 2010, and um, which is also in connection to why I wrote the book, but we'll talk about that later. But I was like looking at why is it that I'm not getting hired? What's going on? Of course it was a recession. So everybody was challenged in some way. Um, But then I was researching and I saw that many recent college graduates and even people with graduate degrees were struggling with employment. So I called it degree separation. Um, My background is in religious studies. uh, So I've studied world religions, but also philosophy. My my bachelor's is in that. And so... um, one of the things that I was fascinated by was the whole idea of six degrees of separation, which people they've heard of before. They've seen the movie, but they don't know like the history behind that. And so it comes from a story where it's a, it's a, a fictitious story about uh, a guy writes a story about how everybody in the world is connected by six intermediaries or less. And so the theory was I, I can get you connected to anyone in the world Mm. you know, just by you knowing that person and that person knowing that person. And mm-hmm. so in, I think it was the 1960s, a psychologist tested this theory based on this play that was written called Chains and tasked people to mail a letter to a, a famous person, but they, they had no connection to her. And a good percentage of the people ended up getting, not a, I don't know if it was a letter or a box. It's in my book. I can't, I don't know why I can't remember it was a letter or a box, but anyway, it got mm-hmm. to the person. <laughs> and so it basically was saying that everybody's connected. It's who knows who. Yep. And um, yep. so I basically wrote, I created this uh, documentary saying that it's the degrees of separation that gets you. It's the connections that'll get you, but it's also Uh, Also a play on words, which is the degrees themselves are disconnecting us from what we need because we're we're focusing on that piece of paper and not what it takes, right? Which is your connections, your skills, your talents, or whatnot. And I primarily focused on African-Americans because we have a higher unemployment and underemployment rate. So if we have the same education as our white counterparts, we have a still had a at at least at the time a 50% higher unemployment rate. And I think at the time I was doing the research and starting a documentary, it was almost 56% underemployment rate with college mm. degrees. So it's kind of like, okay, you have the degree, now what? Why are you still challenged to get employment? And right. that's why I uh, did the documentary. I wanted it to be more expansive and farther. It was just taking so long. I was like, I got to just at least get the message out. So um, I had myself and some of my colleagues at the time um, that were in Tallahassee, which is a college town. FAMU is there, FSU is there, mm-hmm, a big mm-hmm. community college, TCC is there. So I 
I got people from the education community to, to, to talk about their experiences as either educators or individuals who have a degree and experience joblessness. And that was the whole premise behind the documentaries. What, what are the challenges as African-Americans that we face that are unique um, to you know, the job market after getting our degree? And then what are some tangible solutions like entrepreneurship that we could mm. look into to um, alleviate the job, uh, you know, unemployment and underemployment. What was your favorite part about making making the film? Just getting the, the message out, right? Because we hear one thing, go to college so you can be successful. <laughs> the yep. end, end of conversation. <laughs> and, there, and I wanted the message to be out there. One, that that's not the only way to success. And I wanted people to hear it from people like myself, like um, Dean uh, Daryl Scriven, who was there. He's the dean of a, a business school up in New York, um, or the mm-hmm. dean of the business department or college up there. And um, also, we had a lawyer who was a former a lawyer for the federal government, like people who would who are degreed and esteemed, mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, that's not the only option." But yes. also to let people know they're not alone, because I felt very alone when I was struggling. And when I didn't have a, a, a job with a PhD, I felt like I was the only person on earth with this challenge. Yep. Like this some bull <laughs> crap right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted people to know you are not alone. This is a real issue, but I don't want people to be stuck complaining mm-hmm. about the issue. I want them to know that there are solutions out there. Yeah, one uh, one of the stories that you told was like you took one of your degrees. Mm-hmm. off of your re- resume or I don't remember if it was just one but I know you said you took your, your PhD off because uh-huh. you were like people were talking about how I'm overqualified and I can't get these jobs and one of the guys on the on the on the documentary also said like people won't hire you because they're you're overqualified and they know once you find something better mm-hmm. you'll just leave and I was like dang that's terrible yeah. I, I, what you said just reminded me of something that I don't think I've really shared publicly Um, but I was sharing it with my husband recently. So I remember finishing my doctorate and maybe some months later, still not finding steady work. Right. So this was a whole other job, not the one I mentioned in the documentary, but I also had a, I had a separate CV with nothing on it. Like as far, it, it had like one or two degrees, that's it. Um, and I got hired to work in a nonprofit right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I was completely overqualified for it, but they didn't know. It, and I think even with the education that I did leave on, I was still overqualified, right? But they hired me. <laughs> they hired me. And so I'm working, I'm, you know, doing a good job, da, 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 da. And really one of the main reasons why the job was challenging is because I had to travel like an hour and a half. I was in, in New York at the time, an hour and a half via subway. So that's a long, that was like from Brooklyn to Queens to work, right? Man. And I wasn't getting paid much, but I was like, I'm going to take whatever I can take <laughs> to, to have some money in my bank account. And um, eventually, in, in, in line with what you were saying about leaving, so I eventually needed to leave, but it wasn't because, oh, I, th- I thought I was too good. It was because of the travel time. Mm. So I ended up quitting and I never told anyone why, just like, you know, it's time for me to move on. But as I was leaving, I overheard the manager uh, looking through resumes of people who they wanted to hire for another role. And they mm-hmm. saw on that person's resume, oh, she's a PhD student. What does she want with this job? 
And they were just talking, talking mess. And I was like, okay, should I like reveal <laughs> myself? And I and to stick up for this person because you don't know why she needs this job. She actually right. made it right. I said, hey, um, I have a PhD. And they look like what? <laughs> and I said, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all this time, yeah. I, and so I had to explain to them like you, you never know why someone is applying for a job. Clearly, they feel like they need it. And if they will be a good fit, don't discriminate against them because they have more education. And, you know, see why it is that or how would they be of value to this organization? And um, so that we left it there with no hard feelings, but I felt like right. I needed to, to let that out. <laughs> Isn't that funny how sometimes we feel the need to defend a person we don't know that yeah. we've never seen before that has nothing to do with us but right. it's kind of like it's the principle of the matter right. yeah and then <laughs> you over here and you talking this way right. it's like well time out i'm kind of that person right like, <laughs> you don't be really know. talking about me honestly yeah yeah <laughs> there was another story that you told and i i, I mean i found all these stories very interesting mm-hmm. because um there's just always something about these stories where we can all pull something from it. So you're talking about being in school mm-hmm. and this kid who was a friend of yours wanted to be a plumber okay. and they just knew yeah. it. And uh-huh. I use that story because as a high school teacher, you have some kids that want to do like whatever, whatever yeah. it is. I tell the kids, I'm like, okay, this is what my advice is to you. Mm-hmm. Try to figure out what you want to do. Do the best that you can, uh, learn, research. Now, ease of access to information has made it so much easier to at least, at the very least, be able to see what the details of the jobs are. Because there are people with YouTube channels that will tell you everything about this job. Right. So as long as you are willing to to look, and you don't even have to look that hard, honestly. Mm-hmm. you can kind of find some stuff out. So you talked about the, uh, you know, I'll let you tell the story. You tell the story. Then I'll jump back okay. in. This is actually a story. Cause I, this was 22 years ago. Okay. That I experienced it, but it has stayed with me all that. I will never forget this story. Um, and I put it in my book, actually. Uh, it was a friend of mine in high school who was adamant that he wanted to be a plumber. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, a millennial. Um, and so it was expected for pretty much all of us at my high go school to college. go to college, you know, at least have the aspiration <laughs> to go. Um, and so the teacher, I, I remember it being an elective, like we were taking some elective like psychology. I don't even know how we were taking that in high school, but whatever. Um, he went around to each student and said, what are your plans? It was our senior year. What are your plans? Everybody, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to go to school and do this, whatever. Got around to my friend and he said, I'm going to go and become a plumber. I'm going to go to trade school and become a plumber. And the teacher just like, was like, stop playing. This is, this is <laughs> I'm serious. What do you want to be? It's like, I want to be a plumber. My friend didn't understand what's the problem. And yeah. the teacher really thought that he was joking. So myself and another friend of mine had to say, no, he's told mm-hmm. us in private conversation, he wants to be a plumber. His uncle is a plumber and does really well for himself and he enjoys it and da, da, da. so then the teacher kind of was like okay and moved on <laughs> but right, it took right. standing up for him um to 
for the teacher to move on. If not, he thought he was just being a class clown. And I always thought that was very strange because I was like, well, what's wrong with being a plumber? You know, even though at the time I had aspirations to become a lawyer, which someone would consider maybe a more high value job or whatnot. Mm. Everybody needs a plumber. (laughs) Everybody. Everybody. (laughs) That's the funny part. Yeah, exactly. So if nobody wants to be a plumber, then what's going to happen when you need one? So anyway, I just did not understand why people saw certain professions as more valuable than others, even though I've come from a family that many of people, many people before me were educated, um, even into the 1800s, I, I can trace family back that had medical degrees. And that was very strange or not say strange, rare for people to have, even African-Americans mm-hmm. to have. So I come from people who have had higher education degrees, but I still never look down on other professions, you know. That's important because like what we just said, everybody needs those people. And it's a status thing. Like you could be making a lot of money, but once you mm-hmm. say... I'm a plumber or I'm a mechanic or something that's one of these kind of dirty jobs that doesn't take having a college degree. Cause I'm not going to say it doesn't take higher education because you have to learn those skills. You have to learn your trade. That's higher education. And so those jobs are looked down upon because of the kind of work that it is Mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know what, shoot, that person is, is successful in what they want to do. And I tell my kids Mm -hmm. back to that point, is I tell my kids, whatever it is, just go for it. Whatever it is, go for it. Do your research, put the work in. If there's anything that you can do right now that's going to help prepare you for that job, start doing it right now. Because we have a a career research project that we do at the end of every semester. Because I teach professional communications, right? But I teach so much more than that. Kind of like you, Dr. Z. It's not just about, do you know how to speak in front of people? Like, that's cool. Like that's part of it, but I'm trying to teach life skills that transfer across no matter what job you want to get into, no matter what crowd you may be around, how are you able to uh, build those connections? How are you able to uh, maybe be the smartest person in the room, but make other people feel like they're the smartest person in the room. Like these are the smart, these are the things that you need to understand uh, about people and how to to navigate and I know you talked about that on on other platforms as well uh, so it's very important like whatever it is to the people out there me and Dr. Z we're telling you right now whatever it is just go <laughs> just go for it whatever yep. it is yeah go for it with all you got and then if it doesn't work that's okay like right. now it's time to change let's right. whatever the next thing is let's go for that let's make a plan because colleges so, are shutting down. They're going to always be there. So you can always exactly. enroll in the school. <laughs> they will take your money no exactly. matter when you want to give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your, you dump your degree book back there for anybody who's watching this on YouTube. And so we're going to talk about your book now. Mm-hmm. But our, our next number here is five. Okay. Now, this part I didn't, I did not put in the notes because okay. I wanted to see if you could guess this. <laughs> okay. So, the five best selling ebook categories on Amazon. Okay. I want you to take some guesses. Five best selling ebook categories? Categories. Yep. Just categories, genres. Your book falls into one of them? At least one of them. 
self help or self improve like self development. Okay, that's one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something. Some of this stuff is in your wheelhouse. My next guess will be religion or spirituality. That's one of them. Okay, so I got one. I don't know. Oh, Career is kind of on the on the right track. Business. Yep, you got three. Okay, and you said. Oh goodness! I got oh good. I thought it was three. Hmm. This is something like everybody does. Everybody has to do it. Eat food. Food. <laughs> See, really? I knew it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> um, you got one more. This one might be a little harder. It's kind of it's getting bigger now. There are even people making like shows and movies. It's always been a thing, but I think it's kind of popping right now. Biographies and memoirs. Really? No, I wouldn't have gotten that. I was going to go somewhere like fantasy, <laughs> sci-fi, or something other. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay. I, I knew you would be able to at least get self-help. That's huge right, right now. Yeah. Everything, yes. Religion, because that's kind of your background. Yeah. And then yeah. um, everybody like to eat, you know, and business right. is part of your kind of background too. So I'm like, yeah. I think she could probably get some of these. Yeah. So, okay. okay. So let's talk about your book, Dump Your Degree. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what was the hardest part about writing the book? One of the things, well, one, knowing what to say, right? Because I wanted something that more so my audience is Gen Z, current college students, maybe uh, seniors in high school, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More so current college students, early career professionals, those who have not been tainted and gone through all the trials and tribulations. Jaded people. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I want to catch you before you go through all of this. So that's one. But also, um, so not I wanted to give as much advice in a holistic mm-hmm. way, right? So I, I talk about like how to plan your education, get mentorship, avoid or pay back student loans. You know, I wanted to give at least an open door to those things so that once you finish, you're like, okay, now I know what I need to look for. So if mm-hmm. I, I mentioned budgeting and negotiating your salary, I, I give you that advice. And now you take that advice and you run with it and find out what are the best ways for you to do that for your life, right? So giving enough right. examples. But also being transparent about my personal issues. So one of the things that I was so embarrassed about was, one, I was unemployed with, a, with four degrees, mm-hmm. having to go to the point where I had to apply for food stamps, living back on my mo- at my mom's house with an Ivy League degree. Like, that was just for right. me to say. Boredom, Columbia, like, what are we talking about? And I remember when I graduated from Columbia, I can't remember who, I want to say it was Ben Carson, was the keynote at the time. (laughs) But I want to say it was the president of the university that said something to the effect of, oh, because you have a Columbia degree, you can pretty much do anything, go anywhere. Oh, you you know. And no, sir. (laughs) Not only myself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not only myself, but other peers that I went to Columbia with who had doctorates were Mm. also challenged, were also unemployed, were also underemployed, were in worse shape than I was, like literally on government assistance. And what people don't understand is that many even in higher education, like adjuncts, because that's who was getting hired most, is the adjuncts. Adjuncts are not full-time. They don't get benefits, right? The salary is low. 
I think it if the last statistic I saw was that over half of or the adjuncts live below the poverty line under the national average of poverty, right? If they're just living off of their adjunct mm-hmm. salary. People are thinking, oh, this person is teaching me. They have PhD and they're struggling. They're hungry, as we as we say where I'm from. You know, so af- actually being transparent in my book and saying like, I might not, not have went through all of those challenges because I've literally met PhDs who were homeless and were former professors or whatever and struggling to find work. So having that transparency was tough for me because I'm a very mm. private, I'm extroverted, but I'm very private. Like I'm not one of those people who loves to be like, oh, look at me on social media. Like that's a challenge for me. <laughs> like making a TikTok is like, oh gosh, I got to put a video. Okay, let I- me stop you right there. Let okay. Me <laughs> I do this with right. social media. Oh my, like I, it is, I'm right there with you. It's like, okay. I have to because right. of what I'm trying to do, exactly. but just the chore of trying to yes. stay with the trends and do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I just want to yeah. do what I want to do. I'm, that's it. I'm like, what's the new trend? Oh, I got to find some sounds. I got to, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to put myself out there. I'm really an out of sight, out of mind person. I don't mind people not knowing what I'm doing. I don't mind it. But like you said, for my higher purpose and to do mm. what I want to do, I have to use those platforms. So for me to even put my personal self out there in this book, front street. Yes, it was a challenge. And I said, well, you know what? And ironically, or interestingly enough, people who have read either the introduction or I give away a free chapter on my website or mm-hmm. seen the articles in the root and essence, I have been getting messages from people saying, this is my story. This is so relatable. And so yeah. it made me feel like, okay, I'm glad I did put that out there because people need to know they're not by themselves, you know? And it's the difficult things in life. That's yeah. what really connect us. Like, it's cool to have people like that you that you play basketball with or that you like the same music. But when you say, man, I've been homeless and they go, dang, I've been homeless too. Like those things, that is a a deep connection because it's hurt and it's pain involved. And when you can feel somebody else's pain because you've been there before, it's totally different, totally different connection that you have. So, I mean, you talked about that being the hardest part of just being vulnerable and putting yes, yourself yes. out there. And what what is the part about writing a book that you're like, once I get past this part, like I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> what part of that? Uh, putting it up on, <laughs> on the internet for sale. <laughs> How'd that even, feel? Oh, I felt so good. But even that, even to today, like yesterday, <laughs> um, I was overcoming obstacles because I don't like to say, I, you know, but literally, I have to tell myself every day, I'm, I'm big on what they call mind science, the power of your subconscious mind, those type of things. I have to affirm to myself constantly, everything is working out. Because every day, you, you'll have to go over a hurdle. Um, and you have to ha- be optimistic about the outcome. So even though the book was even up there, I was like, okay, I'm still, I still need to do this, 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 that, and the third. And I have to just remain positive. So it felt good to put it up there. Um, and it feels even better that that is being well received as well. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like kind of putting this thing together, putting it out there and going, I hope I hope people like it. Like, I right. hope it's good. Like uh, we yeah. have our own yes. part of it where we go, you know, I'm doing this for me. And, you know, right. 
That sounds great. Okay. And that is part of it. But when you're putting it out there for public consumption, you Mm -hmm. do want people to like the stuff that you put together. Yeah, you do. And then with the internet, you know, the internet can be a very cruel place at times. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's a critic. Everybody's an expert. Everybody could have did everything better than you did. So I I know that I'm putting myself out there for that. And I'm learning, trying to figure out like how to put on the blinders, you know, but so far everything has been very positive and I'm welcoming the feedback and the conversations that are being had around it. So things are good. That's great. And that's actually a great transition to our next number and our next topic, which is 40 minutes. So every Tuesday, I have mm-hmm. games like I'm in the basketball league, which I've been trying to do for the longest, but you know, it's time and money. And so I'm in the basketball league, my friend JT, shout out to shout out to JT. She was on another episode mm-hmm. and that is kind of my, my release. That's my fun. That's when mm-hmm. I can just go out there and hoop. I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not a worrier by nature, um, mm-hmm. but that's what, those are my, those are my highlights uh, of my mm-hmm. week. So it is important to have that other side, like we talked about earlier on, of like the why we do it in that kind of release, the fun time after mm-hmm. all the work is done. So what do you do for fun, Dr. Z? So before all of this COVID and all of that, you know, I used to travel. I love traveling. Mm. Uh, my goal is to, with my family, travel at least minimum four times a year to you know, internationally. Nice. Um, I love reading. I'm big on book. Like, listen, I will lend you money before I will lend you a book because I don't play about my, <laughs> book. If you my book back. We have a problem. So I'm learning you a hard cover, hard copy person. Um, you know what? I don't know. I mean, it just depends. I do like hard covers. And also when I did my book, I made sure that I had three versions ebook hardcover paperback for whoever you know whoever mm-hmm. prefers whichever. but I think I'm, I'm I think I'm a soft cover person now yeah because I think most of the books that I've read recently have been soft cover but you want the physical book oh yeah no I don't do ebook y'all can buy it if y'all want to but I need yeah. <laughs> I can't stand an ebook I tried and I literally have bought <laughs> ebooks I was like, man, get out of here. I got to get, <laughs> let me just back over. I can't, no. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not an audiobook person either. I can't sit and listen. I like, I need to see the words and, and you know, have them soak in. <laughs> so. I've talked about um, when I'm, I, I like to be engaged. Mm-hmm. So for me to just sit and listen to something, like, I'm going to want to do something. Like, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I always tell people this. I was at a, uh, I was at my uh, my cousin Taylor's wedding mm-hmm. and the wedding had stopped and it was like in between the wedding and the reception and they had food out there. But I'm like, I need something to do. Like y'all don't have, why don't y'all have like a card table or something? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I don't know. That's just my mind always yeah. wanting to do something, yeah. but the audio books and the eBooks, I'm like, nah, if I get that physical book in my hand, like yeah. I could sit and I could read, mm-hmm. but if it's not that it's, it's so much more difficult for me. I want to yeah. ask this question. How did you, get into reading how did that become like one of your things to do I don't know I mean because I you know what I I didn't I didn't see my parents really read as much I know my father was very in much into learning 
And he didn't go to higher education at all, but I know that he was big on just learning about cultures and different things. So maybe that's part of it. My uncle though, my, my uncle that I'm closest to, he's similar to me, books everywhere. Mm. So I know we talk and he'll recommend me books. Maybe that's part of, but that wasn't even early on. Like, I think it's just something that just came to me naturally. And I used to always like to write, whether it was poetry or stories, it was mm-hmm. just probably in me from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I try to get my kids in school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just find something like, it. Don't, it doesn't have to be this great educational or autobiography find something to read something that you like something that's interesting Mm -hmm. because it just it's different it's a different kind of engagement for your mind when you're reading as opposed to watching a video or playing video games which I love to do Mm -hmm. or playing sports it's 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 just a different kind of engagement Mm -hmm. Uh, and it it just it makes you think Mm -hmm. it makes you think reading what are you reading right now Oh, so I was joking with my friend. I think I'm reading like five books at a time. I'm currently, as my laptop is propped up on the books that I'm, that I'm reading. <laughs> um, it's called a, a Practical Course in Creating Your Own Reality uh, by Vadim mm-hmm. Zeeland. It's a reality transurfing. So like using the power of your mind. Um, I just picked up the biology of belief, which I'm really interested in getting into. So how just keeping, you know, your mind focused can impact every part of your life um, and you are the placebo. So, you know, speaking about the placebo effect and like how people can literally shift their health um, based mm-hmm. on their belief, but the, the book is talking about you yourself are the placebo. Like no one has to give you that pill, so to speak, but the power of your mind uh, cr- will create your reality. So I'm, like I said, I'm big on what they consider mind science. And those are, are three right. that I have picked up right now that I'm <laughs> currently getting through okay dr z we're getting to the end here and i like to end with my three what's so uh, they're gonna be three what questions you can answer them however you like however you perceive the question there are no wrong answers they're your answers so okay first what what's an opinion you have in your field or outside of it that will be considered unpopular. (laughs) Dump your degree. (laughs) (laughs) Like a a college degree does not lead to success, nor is it essential for success. Um, Mm, Yeah, yeah. Everybody should not go. (laughs) You know, it's not for everybody, so. And somebody actually left me a Facebook post yesterday when they saw my book title, they were like, don't you have a PhD? And I was like, <laughs> what else to tell you to dump your degree? So like, yeah, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Next one. And this is hard to quantify, right? A lot of times I have guests on here that do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, I'll phrase it like this. If you didn't write a book about dumping your degree, would you have written a book about something else? It's not a what question. I had to change it. <laughs> uh, okay, what? Yeah, I would. I'm. This is just the beginning. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, I am big on, again, the power of the mind. So I plan to write books on how we create our own realities. 
Um, I'm big on not focusing on problems, but solutions. So how to be your mm -hmm. own solution. So a lot of that will be coming really soon. Okay. Hey, everybody look out. Dr. Z has more books in her. They are happening. Yes. That's exciting. I'm definitely going to, as an aside, uh, bring this book to my classroom because oh. these high school kids need to know it. They're like, I got to get into UT or it's over. University of Texas, oh. or I got to get into AM, or I got to get into this place or that place. I'm like, y'all, trust me. <laughs> Listen yeah. to me, please. <laughs> yeah. But that's our culture. That's 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 yeah. that's our country. So yeah. we're not gonna jump back into that, but I, I will definitely have copies of this book on my shelves at school. Oh. Last one. Okay. What advice, fittingly, mm -hmm. would you give to someone in high school? to, uh, this is the advice I give to everybody, don't conform, that's my favorite thing. Um, I don't believe people should follow other people's paths that they should create their own. Um, mm. Of course, take advice, you know, learn from the mistakes of others, but create your own reality and don't conform to other people's or society's reality or ideals for what you should be. Nice. I think we could wrap up like those three what's with create your own reality. Can you talk a, a little bit about that before we get out of here and then tell us where we can find you, websites, social medias and all that stuff? Yeah, create your own reality. Search within your own self. What do you enjoy? What are you passionate about? What do you feel your purpose is? And mm -hmm. then develop yourself towards your ideal, right? Don't uh, listen to what other people tell you that you should be or what you should do, um, mm -hmm. but what it is that you feel good about and then create your career, your personal life and everything around that. Yeah. Put the oh, work in, right? Yes, exactly. And uh, to your last question about where to find me, you can find me on ZakiaAcarele.com. Uh, I am on Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Same at Zakia Acarele. And my book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, mm -hmm. Books a Million, most online retailers, Apple Books. Pretty much everybody has the book. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I cannot thank you enough oh. <laughs> for coming on to the podcast. And I just knew, like, once I saw your stuff, I saw your Instagram, nah, your TikTok. <laughs> and uh i heard you on other stuff i'm like okay this this is gonna be good this is gonna be real good uh you get a feel for it and then when we got on we just started talking and it, it was it was awesome thank you for coming on thank uh you. i look forward to having you on again maybe you could come talk to my kids yes. um <laughs> even over zoom or teams or whatever we can do to set it up it. that would be great <laughs> yes uh so signing off for dr Zakia Acarele. I was really trying to make sure that I got your name correct. I listened to it like five times or six times. I'm like, not. it's important to me. Names mean something. So, you know, we could say Dr. Z, but you better know how to say the whole thing, the whole thing. So uh, this is your host, Tony Ramble, signing off for the Living Numbers podcast. Make sure you guys go follow me on Instagram and TikTok as well at underscore Tony Ramble's underscore. You can follow the show on Facebook. I post a lot of the same content across platforms. Uh, you can email the show, onetonyrambles at gmail.com. 
Make sure you guys like, subscribe, download. Okay, you can support the show. Give me money. This is not free. <laughs> hey, if if you don't ask, like, how will people know? So um, you can definitely support at my on my anchor page, anchor.fm slash Tony Rambo slash support. And I think we're good. That was a great episode. Okay, wrapped up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's wrapped. It's wrapped. Okay. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. It felt real and relatable. I appreciate it. <laughs>